It's the root of all. 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 With Alexander Brown. Alexander Brown. It's the root of all with Alexander Brown. All right, guys, I am Alexander Brown, and this is The Root of All with Alexander Brown. Um, on this episode, I will be joined by a special group of people that I met at our nation's capital. Uh, we will be discussing our experience um, on the NRECA Washington Youth Tour, and of course, answering some of the questions that the viewers have submitted. All right, so I'm gonna allow them to um, introduce themselves. We're gonna start with Kaylin. Kaylin, say something for the viewers. Hi, guys, my name is Kaylin. I'm from Charleston. Awesome. All right, Travis. Hi, everyone. My name is Travis Johnson. I'm super excited to be with you all today. Thank you so much, Alexander, for the invitation. I'm really excited for our discussion today. And I am from a very small town, Lynchburg, South Carolina. Thank you, Travis. Jordan. Hi, everyone. I'm Jordan Glover. I'm from St. George, South Carolina, and I'm so excited to talk with everybody today. Awesome. Brandon. Hello, I'm Brandon. Um, I'm from Aiken, South Carolina, and you know, can't wait to see what we talk about today. Evan. Hello, I'm Evan. Ashley Beyonce. I'm Beyonce. I'm from Aiken, South Carolina. Alrighty, so this is the roundtable, and we're going to get right into those discussion questions. All right, so the first question um, I have for my roundtable is. What was your initial reaction to being selected to attend the youth tour? And I'm going to start with Brandon. Okay, so my initial reaction for youth tour, it was actually kind of like, I was in shock because I didn't think I would really get selected because I thought that a lot of people applied to it. So when I got selected, it was kind of surreal, really. Right. I think coming from a small town and my brother, um, he also attended youth tour. It was a feeling of, I'm not going to say assured acceptance, but I did kind of feel like I was a bit of a shoe in because nobody around here really applied for it. All right, so the next person I'm gonna go to is Kaylin. Um, I was super excited. My older cousin was a youth tour legacy, so following behind her, I was super excited just to represent our co-op. All right, thank you, Jordan. Um, I was excited too. Um, typically, you know, I live in a small area, so they don't choose many people. Like they just choose two or three people. So you know, I I knew that you know. It was going to be hard. I had to work hard to get there. But whenever I found out, I was just excited and really grateful that I would be able to experience such a great week. Awesome. Uh, Beyonce? Um, like, I I think I, same with Brandon. Like, I was shocked, but I wasn't, like, like taken away. Like, I was happy, though. And I, I was really excited because it was my first time going to D.C., let alone, like, flying alone. And, but I was also scared because I was about to meet like so many different people other than Brandon, like that I didn't know from like all across the country. So I was excited about that. Alrighty, Evan. Yeah, I was so overwhelmed and so shocked, but um, it was nice just like, just, it was just nice like just seeing other people like from across the country as Beyonce said, and just meeting new people. That's what I really look forward to, so. And Travis, go ahead and close this out. Yeah, definitely. I think I um, echo the sentiments that have been expressed by a lot of people here today, um, especially feeling, you know, surprised and excited. Like, 
um, I, you know, a personal story. I Before the interview, I was really nervous. And I, um, for some reason, I was like, oh my gosh, this is going to be scary. This is going to be intimidating. But um, it was nothing of the sort. So um, when I got the call at the, in the email, I was really excited and just, you know, really grateful for the opportunity to visit our nation's capital. So it was definitely an exciting um, moment for sure. Um, I think during my interview, um, the people, of course, it was Van and Chase. Um, I think they presented it in a way that I really didn't have anxiety going into it. Um, they made it into like more, instead of it like a interview, they made it into like a, a reunion of sort. So it was like a good feeling um, to meet them beforehand and get the chance to know them personally and then attend the tour. So shout out to uh, Van and Chase for that. This youth tour, it is composed of so many different factors. And of course, everyone was excited about something. And this next question, um, it, it's really going to challenge the roundtable members to pick three things that you guys were looking for the most on this trip, whether it was a place you thought we were going to visit, um, people you're going to meet. So I'm going to start with on this one, Brandon, again. Okay, so the first thing I was looking forward to was definitely the African American History Museum because I had not been to DC. Like the last time I went to DC, I remember it was a construction. So that was one thing I was really looking forward to. And then another thing I was looking forward to was definitely the capital trip. I think that entire day um, was really, I was really anticipating that day because I don't know if any other city does it, but Aiken does like a magazine where they send out, um, it has like the pictures of the previous years. So I was really looking forward to like taking that capital picture. And then the third thing would probably be, uh, I would say the boat ride. I think that was kind of cool. I'm not really into boats, but I was just looking forward to, you know, just mingling with some people, you know, like other than Beyonce. Um, so yeah, it was, that's what I was anticipating. Awesome, awesome. And that's a good three. Um, Evan? Yeah, like Brandon said, I was really looking forward to the African-American Museum. Like, I really did. This was my first time actually going to, like, an experience and all, like, learning black, learning about, like, Black history and seeing, like, all the things about slavery and everything else and all the other have to say, probably. Yeah, the Capitol trip being in the magazine, because I see, like, on our wall, like, at school, like, it'll have, like, from the previous years, like, how, like, people went to D.C. and they took pictures at the Capitol and everything. And I probably have to say, like, third thing was probably just meeting new friends and stuff all over the country and everything so yeah awesome Jordan I think um one of the main things I was really looking forward to on the trip was getting to meet new people um I knew that we were gonna go in with kind of sort of big group and I was just excited to meet everybody from South Carolina I was also excited to meet the other states because at orientation they talked about trading pins and I'm used to trading pins whenever I go to my FCCLA national conferences, we trade pins there. So I was excited to do that with you tour. And then I think I was just excited to, you know, learn more about DC and the areas and the different monuments that, you know, were there. So, yeah. Thank you, Beyonce. Things I was most excited, uh, like they said, the Black History Museum. Cause, oh, and the Martin Luther King Jr. Monument, that was, I was excited to see that because I never saw that. And just meeting new people too. Cause I mean, I was nervous for that, but I also, I mean, I like meeting new people. It's interesting and getting to see different people from like across the country and their accents and stuff. And like, that was just interesting to me and going to Mount Vernon as well. Those are my favorite things for sure. Awesome, awesome. Kaylin. Um, I was super excited about networking with people, um, meeting people from across our state and just 
in my local area from my co-op, I met people that I didn't know and I was with people that I did know who I had mutual friends with. I really enjoyed going to the Vietnam Memorial where they gave us the pictures of a soldier on the wall that lived near us. And it was super cool learning their history. And I liked going to the Capitol. That was a really nice experience. Awesome. And once again, we're going to close out with trap. Yeah, I think um, the first thing I was most looking forward to was definitely the legislative visits. I am a huge fan of politics and um, even some other government programs and government related programs I've visited in the past. Um, we really didn't have the opportunity to meet with some of our elected officials. So I knew that as a part of Youth Tour, we would have the opportunity to meet with our Congress people and our Senator. And that was just really exciting for me. And I think that excitement um, was definitely warranted, especially when we met Senator Scott and Senator Graham on the steps of the Capitol. That was just a surreal and life-changing moment. So I was definitely looking forward to that. Um, the second thing um, really touches on what a lot of people said, and that's the monuments and memorials. I think Washington, D.C. is such a beautiful location that's rich with history, and I really value that. And being able to see such important uh, times in our nation's history was really important for me, and it allowed, and it allowed me to reflect on my life and, you know, where I want to go in life and, you know, some of the things that my ancestors and our ancestors have done to ensure that we can um, be in the place where we are today. And I think the third thing I was looking um, forward to most was the people. I am a huge people person and when I heard about the idea of going to Washington DC with some of the brightest South Carolinians that really excited me and um, they definitely didn't disappoint whether it's from the early mornings or late nights it was really a blast and I enjoyed getting to know and meet the people there for sure. Awesome and I think everyone for the most part said that the Capitol was their favorite part something about walking on those capitol steps and actually uh, seeing um senator scott and senator graham face to face it gave me a feeling of like we made history being there but it just felt so powerful just being there standing there and i just i loved every minute of it um also i loved going to the white house even though like we didn't actually go we just like in front of it and for the most part the african-american museum and i actually shared a tweet with this group because we have like a group chat and in the tweet, it was like, in the first uh, moments of attending this African-American museum that we all are talking about, it's very traumatic in a way. As African-Americans, um, seeing that the way that we were treated in the past and seeing the things that they endured, for the most part, it shook us. And it was powerful of standing there and looking at, like Travis said, our ancestors and realizing that we are standing on the shoulders of them and we are doing things that are honorable such as attending this program and thank you travis for that um very touching response and thank you all for that um this next question is actually my favorite it says what was your favorite moment or place that we visited on youth tour and i want to get started with jordan my favorite place that we visited on youth tour is hands down the african-american museum um i think especially since we were so close at that time in the trip like we got to cherish that moment and you know experience those things together you know to me whenever like i read certain things in that museum you know it took an emotional toll on me and i'm always grateful for the fact that we got to do all that together um although our time there was cut short i'm just grateful that we got to be there and experience it and learn more about our co our culture and our ancestors so the african-american is hands down my favorite awesome travis yeah, I, I have to agree with Joyden. Um, the African-American Museum was so powerful and inspirational. And, you know, I'll be honest, I 
um, prior to this trip, I never experienced um, on a trip like that a group of Black and African American friends, like a like a group of people where we had a shared culture and shared understanding and a background, and. It, I really appreciated that because we were able to relate with each other. Like, I remember wanting, I remember us having that desire to want to stand in line to look at the Emmett Till Memorial because that actually happened. And, you know, the crazy thing is that could have been one of us. So um, by far, the African-American Museum was so powerful and it really caused me to reflect on my life. And um, as you mentioned, Alex, it was just, it was really traumatizing, you know, looking at the things our ancestors went through. And then like, as you progress through the museum, you then like look at Barack Obama and Oprah Winfrey and things like that, showing us like, we can do great things and we will do great things. But um, that was just really powerful for me. And that was my first time at that museum. And I had been longing to go there like since it opened. So I really enjoyed that. And as a side note, the food is really delicious there. So that's a plus. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, the food. Uh, okay. Um, Kaylin. I have to echo the same um, as Jordan and Travis. It was such a rewarding experience to go to the African American Museum. Um, since the museum opened, my family has been a donor to the museum. So it's finally rewarding to see what they are, what we are contributing to. And to see artifacts that come from the same state in which we live was awesome i appreciate the experience we were so grateful to know it was such a limited time and we didn't get to see everything we were so very lucky to attend awesome awesome evan i know everybody's saying the african-american museum but i really look like i like the arlington national cemetery with the tomb of the unknown soldier and just seeing like the john f kennedy grave and seeing like like a bunch of bunch of graves with like the soldiers that fought in like the previous wars and like just seeing like like Thurgood Marshall's grave and just seeing all like the other stuff with uh with certain like military things I'm going into the military and just like just seeing just seeing like what our history has brought like throughout where our armed forces and stuff like that just seeing all of those things all righty Brandon um I have a different one too so my favorite moment would probably be when we went to um, I guess it was like the aquatic museum. I'm not sure exactly what it was. It was something like that. But I liked that moment so much because like when we were all like sick, well this group specifically, we were all like sitting at the table like we bonded so quickly. Like it's almost as if we hadn't known each other. So I liked that we all were so able to get to know each other so fast and like click like that. So that's always one of my favorite moments. Alrighty, and we're gonna close out with Beyonce. Um, I was gonna say what Brandon said, but I can't, but a different one would be, even though this was something really small, it wasn't like an actual like, anyways, but I liked when we had all went out to that seafood restaurant and the crab legs weren't that good, but like we went there and it was nice because like Brandon said, it felt like we were friends forever when we did that, like there was no drama, no nothing. So like we all just clicked really well over some unseasoned crab legs. So I enjoyed that part. I agree with um, Jordan. I think Kaylin also mentioned in Evan with the African American Museum. That museum is beautiful. Like if you ever, like to my viewers, if you ever had the chance to actually stand outside of it, like the exterior is beautiful, but what's within is even more just amazing. Um, I think that museum really set the tone for me. Cause you know, of course we always learn about our like history in school 
and whatever the uh, common core allows us to. But actually seeing visuals and actually seeing how people, like Halen said, they put the time together and put this in all in one building, our history. And wasn't it based on floor, like um, different decades? Like, yeah. Um, it was just a, an amazing setup and I just loved every minute of it. So also before we move on to the next topic, um, Travis mentioned something else. There is an um, a Emmett Till part, like dedicated just to him. And I think emotionally that took the biggest toll on me. Um, we all know the story of Emmett Till. We, we know, of course, what happened to him. But to really take in the element that that actually happened, because, you know, of course, we hear about it, we learn about it. But to see, you know, something as tangible, something as physical right in front of you that represents Emmett was powerful. And in the um, exhibit, they actually had like funeral music playing to represent um, how his mom, um, she took the bold choice to have an open casket at his funeral. And that just, to me, was so powerful. And I am forever thankful just to have the chance to go through it. Um, anyway, I know we can talk about this forever. So we're going to move on to the next topic. So um, on Youth Tour, it's not just about South Carolina. It's basically almost a national um, approach. So instead of like just South Carolina delegation being able to go, we were able to meet different states. And I'm going to ask my roundtable members, um, which states attendees were your favorite? And I'm going to start with Beyonce. My favorite was, um, we got to meet Jaden, who was from Iowa. I think it was Iowa. And like, she was my favorite, obviously, and I still talk to her now. Cause she was super cool, but it was also really different cause clearly she was a white girl. And like, she she was so cut off by our hair because she says there's not one black person in her school which is really interesting to me and like yeah she was just so cut off by, about, about our hair so i had to like you know tell her about that all that good stuff but like she was super sweet and i like i said i still talk to her now so i enjoyed meeting her yes shout out to Jaden. um when we met her wasn't it um she dropped her phone off the a boat ride or something yeah. so yeah um shout out to her uh we're gonna give this next one to brandon okay so my favorite state that we met was hawaii because um their energy was just really like welcoming like they were very friendly um they were like very open to meeting new people and even like when we saw them at different events like when we had like the dinner where we um originally met them hawaii was just very like very vibrant you know they just gave off good vibes so they were definitely uh, my favorite state that we met awesome evan i'll probably have to say iowa as well we met a good friend Jaden as well you know she was pretty cool and then like she was just vibing with us like how we all were we were just talking i mean she told us some things about iowa and like how they love corn and stuff like that how that originated and stuff and she was just good vibes you know just good people Awesome, awesome. Jordan? Like um, Beyonce and Evan said, uh, Jaden was really welcoming. She was so kind. I thought it was funny how she, you know, was so, you know, infatuated with our hair because she had never seen anything like it before. But Iowa, they were so cool. And uh, like Brandon said too, Hawaii, like they were just so welcoming and so kind. Um, but I think when we were in the uh, Holocaust Museum, we had met people, I believe they're from Tennessee. And so we conversated with them for a while and they were pretty cool. You know, Tennessee isn't too, too far from us. So, you know, we got to relate to them because they said y'all and Jaden didn't know that people said y'all. She was like, you guys and stuff. So, you know, 
But overall, all the states were cool, but those are just some of my favorites. Awesome. Kaylin? My favorite state was Oklahoma. We met some boys from Oklahoma in the Holocaust Museum. And we exchanged, you know, different terms of slang that we used, some that were alike, some that were different. And, you know, our accents are very similar, even when you look at it geographically. It doesn't seem like it would match up, but it was very cool interacting with them. And also the state of Texas, we met them at the youth rally dinner. You know, they came over, they were very warming and inviting. And so it was very reassuring to see some more Southern hospitality on youth tour. Awesome. And um, like you and Jordan both mentioned, it was a bit of a culture shock in a way of um, encountering these people and um, the exchanging of our norms and theirs was very eye-opening. And we're going to close with, I think, Travis. Yeah, it's, it's so hard, Alex, for me to, you know, pinpoint one specific state. But if I had to, I would probably say, um, you know, it's, it's so hard because Iowa and Hawaii were really um, very nice people, very welcoming and engaging. So I, I'm, I can't really directly answer the question with one, but I'm going to go with Iowa and Hawaii because it was just so interesting learning about the Hawaiian culture and just meeting the people there and just really insightful because, gosh, I've never been to Hawaii. And so it was just really um, an incredible experience. And they were just so friendly to all of us, which made it better. Awesome. And this question is just for Travis, this is a small one. Um, since Travis was our spokesperson and he represented the state of South Carolina on this trip, um, so when you were up there, and I think you had the chance to meet the other, um, you know, people that represented their states, is that still, does that still stand? Like Iowa is still your favorite based on the spokes people or? No. <laughs> okay. Okay. No. Um, I, I developed a lot of relationships from YOC and, um, after that experience, Maryland and Florida would probably be my favorites. But also like Delaware and like people from Delaware. I got a, I actually got a, um, a birthday invitation, um, a commemorative one in the mail yesterday from one of my friends from YLC. So just really incredible people. They are all amazing. Awesome, awesome. All right, so as we've mentioned, we've had the chance to meet all these people, um, go to these different places, experience so many things. So let's take it all the way back to the beginning when, before we even applied. When and how did you find out about youth school? Was it your school or was it a friend? Like, tell us, how did you find out? And we're gonna start with Brandon. Okay, so um, a couple of years before we went, I had two um, friends that I knew that went to my high school that went to youth tour and their mother is very close with my mother. So she was kind of encouraging me to apply. And then even I remember around that process, I think I like texted Beyonce or something like that. And I like asked her, was she gonna apply or something like that. Um, so I had always kind of heard about it, but like I said, I was just very like scared to apply because I didn't honestly think I would even get an interview. So yeah, I, kind of, I, I had kind of always heard about it. Cool, cool. Let's go to Travis. Yeah, it was, it was always on my radar, but, um, not 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 like a top priority of mine um i heard about it and of course i really love washington dc like washington dc is god it's such a beautiful city the people there are so hospitable and they're just really amazing 
And so um, my a lady who works at our school, she told me about it. She's like, hey, Travis, I think this is an, an amazing opportunity for you. And she mentioned how um, my my home county, Sumter, hasn't had a, had a YLC spokesperson in like um, a few years. And she mentioned that she um, she thought I would be really good for it. And she thought that I could, you know, rise to the challenge. And that really meant a lot to me. And furthermore, when I um, explored the program, like this, explored its mission, its purpose, and really what it did, I was incredibly moved. And I was like, okay, well, I really think this is the, this is the place for me, like being able to advocate for rural America, being able to network with people from across the country, being able to visit our nation's capital, just all groundbreaking. So um, when I combined all of those elements, I said, okay, well, I definitely want to apply. And then my school uh, made announcements over the intercom system. So that's really how I heard about youth tour. I didn't have any like friends or relatives who have done it in the past, but really incredible experience. Cool, cool. Let's go with Beyonce. Um, my mom actually works at Aiken Electric Co-op, so she obviously like heard about it and knew about it and she told me it was like a good opportunity. Like she hyped it up for me pretty much and she told me that I was gonna apply. I didn't really have a choice, but I don't regret applying for it at all. Awesome. Evan? Yeah, um, I actually had my NJRTC instructor, like he kept pushing me to go on trips this summer. He just kept recommending me some trips and, he, and then Utah just popped up. And I've been seeing it like on my school bulletin and on the school website and stuff. And I just like looked up the requirements for it. And then actually I had an aunt that worked at Aiken Electric. So, and then I gave, and then she gave me like a, a application or whatever. And then I applied for it and I got the interview and then, and I got got selected for the tour, but I don't regret it at all. I love the people still. Cool. Kaylin? Um, like I mentioned earlier, my cousin went on the tour and my mom is for very close friends with a lot of the board members for Berkeley Electric. So they urged me to apply. So I'm glad I listened and I followed my mom. Cool. And we're gonna um, close with Jordan. Um, Edisto Electric sends out like a magazine, SC Living, I believe. And, you know, I saw it in there like years ahead and I just always saw, you know, people in front of the Capitol because that's always a picture that they publish. And me and my mom both agreed that like this would be a great opportunity for me. And so I applied and thankfully I got it. So I will always be grateful that I applied. Awesome. So to my viewers, um, you've heard it first that um, they just didn't hear about it. On, in a newspaper online. They had connections, they had various sources. So if you are interested in applying, you know, find someone that you know, talk to a guidance counselor, talk to someone that you know. Uh, I'll be posting their um, Instagrams, DM one of us. Um, so just let us know if you need any help with that. And I know like during these times, we don't know the certainty of um, another youth tour happening, but you know, reach out to us if you have any questions regarding this. So, thank you guys for those answers. Um, we are going to move on to a similar question, and it's just, why should future applicants apply? Like, what about this trip do you think um, would enthrall or inspire other people to even want to apply and take that leap? And we're going to start with Kaylin. I think going on Need Tour, you are able to network with a lot of people, not across the country, but also in your state, in your communities. Um, it's a very rewarding experience. Not only is it rewarding socially, but also educationally. We get to meet a lot of our elected officials and learn those processes and also learn what the electric cooperatives are all about and how they directly impact us and our families. 
Cool. Let's go with Travis. I definitely think it's about making an impact on not only your community, but as Kaylin said, like the broader community. And, you know, here's why I think people should apply. As, as young people, we are always concerned about policies that affect us. Um, rightfully so. I think as young people, we have to start becoming even more involved and engaged at a, not only a state level, but a local level, because that's where a lot of the decisions are made. And Washington Youth Tour really exposed me to how things get done, but most importantly, exposed me to how, you know, we get electricity and power in our rural communities. And without the work of um, legislators who really vouch for us and who really continue to do that, we wouldn't have these services. So I think it's important for us to engage in advocacy and um, um, really um, standing up for what we believe in. And I think that youth tour has broader implications for the youth because not only is it teaching us about rural um, America and things like that, but it's teaching us how to use our voices. It's teaching us how to be able to go to a congressperson and ask them a question. And I think that is um, really, really integral for anyone to be successful in life. So I um, would tell anyone it was an amazing trip, one of the best trips I've ever experienced. So really, really take time to apply and immerse yourself in the program and on top of it you'll get lifelong friends just like these guys are for me. awesome and travis you just brought up a really good point um i think with youth tour in my personal opinion it kind of i'm not gonna say helped because i think i was already down the political path but it made me feel like okay if i am here where i know that majority of the decisions are made and i am familiar with the people that i um, have seen in the news that are being elected and are making these decisions on my behalf and are um, representing me. I think if I can do it here, then I can do it anywhere. Whether it's you know in my backyard with the school board or the city council or county council, all the way up to you know federal government. So I think youth tour it's really not used for like you know the political route, but I think it's just used for you to see that your voice does matter and that the people that you elect to Congress, even to represent you, even in the White House, as far as that will go, it matters and. It's a beautiful experience. We're gonna uh, go to Jordan. Um, so I've always been a people person. Like I've loved being around people. I've loved meeting new people. I love meeting new friends. And I think that that is one of the most favorite things I loved about you tour. Like I got to gain some friends that I still talk to every day now. So when you go on you tour, you just meet people that you click with like almost instantly. And so you'll have those friends for a lifetime because they're not just the same friends that you see every day when you're at school walking in the hallway. You're like, hey, how you doing? And you keep it moving. They're like the friends that, you know, you don't get to see as often because we all live like live in different parts of South Carolina. So, you know, that bond just makes us even closer. So I think if you're a people person like me, you tour is like the perfect thing for you to do. Awesome. Beyonce? Um, a lot like what Jordan just said like meeting new people definitely because like even my roommate china like now her and i we're going to be living in the same building at usc so it definitely gives you an opportunity to meet like different people and get different perspectives from around south carolina from around the country and really like it just and even like me i never went to dc before so i really got to experience like our nation's capital like at first hand like right there and it was it was really cool and i think like she said if you're a people person if you like traveling like that's it's really good for you if you want to do that cool cool evan really i believe it's like you get to build long lasting friendships that you see like you get to see like 
things that you see on TV about DC. You get to see your your politicians or your senators or your representatives. You get to see a lot of things in DC. You also get to see like things about like museums and like the America's history and how it came up and just to meet new people. Like you get to meet, I mean, just great adults, great great advisors that can guide you and like tell you a lot of things and give you life lessons and like. I mean, you just learn a lot out of that trip, and it's it's a great thing to put your eyes into, and great thing to get out of it. So, cool, cool. And I'm pretty sure that we only have one person left. Is it Brandon? Yep. I think we're gonna close out with Brandon on this question. All right. Okay, so I would definitely say apply to YouTube because it teaches you it teaches you a lot of different lessons in different ways. So like I feel like each part of the trip it has significance in some way and like bettering you. So like you kind of learn how to even though I've been on trips by myself before, um, it kind of teaches you know be how to be a little bit more responsible because that is a pretty long distance from South Carolina and then you're flying by yourself. And then even when you initially go, you're basically with strangers unless you're with your um like your cooperative um and like that a lot of the other people said like the friends like you really network with a lot of different people and it can teach you even a lot about friendships like you know who to keep in your circle and who not like things that really just go with you for the rest of your life so awesome awesome and this leads us to our next question or well, not really it's very different from the next question but i'm glad that you um whether it's connections, whether it's um, the scenery, the environment, Youth Tour will find a place for you. You kind of find your place at Youth Tour and you kind of find, you know, or they find you, as I say. So don't be shy, apply, um, take that leap, and I promise you, you won't regret it. It's a life-changing experience. All right, into our last discussion question, and I want to keep these answers very short, <coughs> Travis. So um, the question is, if you had to decide where the next youth tour would take place, like location-wise, where would it be and why? All right, we're gonna start with Brandon. Okay, so I would choose the next youth tour in New York, just because a lot of the different industries that people want to go to, even though New York is, that's kind of a really big city for a big crowd. I think New York has a lot of different opportunities and things to see, especially for people who want to go in different fields. Awesome, good choice, good choice. All right, let's go with Beyonce. New York is really busy. Um, I don't know. I feel like DC is like the perfect place to do that though, because it has something there for everybody. Like I couldn't imagine it anywhere else, not even like Atlanta or Charlotte. Like I, I feel like DC is like the perfect place. And obviously because it's the capital of our country, but it's really just a good like meeting place for everybody to gather at and learn history from all kinds of cultures. Cause they, not only do they have like an African-American museum, like they have like an Asian-American history museum too so they have something there for everybody and i think that's just perfect in my opinion cool cool evan yeah i would say new york as well because everything is like right there like you get to see the mat i mean you get to see times square like stuff that you see on tv is like unlike for a child to see like dc i mean it's nothing wrong with dc but new york is just like it's everything right there in the heart of the city that's what i would say awesome kaylin um, I would echo Beyonce. I think DC is the perfect place um, with different states coming together, meeting in the nation's capital. There is something for each state to see that belongs to them in their culture. And it's just the best meeting spot, ideally for everyone to interact. You know, you get a glimpse of the city lifestyle, but you still get to experience the rural aspects of the DMV area. Awesome. 
Travis? I just want to begin by saying that I think DC is a tremendous location for this program. But if it had to be somewhere else, I would choose Philadelphia. Philadelphia was really a fundamental um, city to our nation. As you guys know, it was the first capital. Um, and during the American Revolution, it was the site of the first and second continental congresses. And it's just really where a lot of things happened. Like during the um, American Revolution, it was such an important city. So I think that um, it's very historic and it offers a lot of great things. You have good food, good colleges, good history, and the culture is even better. So I think Philadelphia would be a beautiful place for this to be. All right, thank you, Jordan. Like most people, I think that DC is just a beautiful place. And I think for people to experience that, especially like people who don't travel much or people who don't you know, know that much about history, that gives them opportunity to just learn more about you know, the state and the country. Um, I wouldn't really say that U Tour should be held somewhere else. One, because, you know, it's always been in DC and I feel like that could be like, just should be continued. But like I said, DC is just a beautiful place. And I think that, you know, anybody who gets to experience it is just, you know, honestly blessed. So, yeah. Yeah, for the most part, I also agree. DC is like the universal place for all states. And I think it was an amazing setting just for us to, um, you know, visit all these different sites and experience where history was made. So yeah, I think personally, I would leave it in DC, but good answers all around, thank you. All right, so we're gonna switch it up and um, that concludes our discussion questions. And now we're going to get into these viewers questions. All right, so once again, I thank you guys for submitting these questions. Um, we received them uh, via Snapchat, Twitter, and Instagram. Unfortunately, since I knew that I was gonna have a huge uh, round table this time, I decreased the amount of questions and I decided just to keep them to a minimum. So we're going to um, answer two questions and the topic um, really surrounds the whole Black Lives Matter movement. Um, as I've mentioned in previous episodes on my podcast, this podcast is one of the biggest advocates for the Black Lives Matter movement. And anytime that I wanna have um, a discussion, I wanna somehow tie it into it. So the first question um, it is, what is your opinion on the Black Lives Matter movement? And I'm going to get started with Travis for a strong delivery. Yeah, I, I first of all, let me begin by saying this is such a, it's such a hard topic for, you know, Black people to talk about. Because quite frankly, it's 2020. We should not have to say that Black lives matter for America to realize that our lives matter. So I'm going to begin by saying to all the people out there, like, I know it's so hard and it's, it's traumatizing to have to even fathom the idea that we have to do this and it's so sad but the, the 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 truth is and the reality is we have to we have to unequivocally state that black lives do matter because they do and it's just so so frustrating and sad to me that our lives have been marginalized not even you know in the 60s but even today you have voter suppression you have a broken criminal justice or i call it the criminal injustice system where someone can go to jail for um decades because of selling marijuana but yet we have people who commit um even more egregious crimes in my opinion and they get off with less um less time and it's quite frankly disgusting that the length of your sentence is determined by the quality of a, a lawyer you can get and that's not the kind of america we believe in we believe in a just we live in a just society where justice is um guaranteed for everyone and that doesn't happen right now the um cops who murdered because it was murder the cops who murdered Breonna Taylor they're still out and it's just so demoralizing to know that we love America so much but yet 
we realize that there are fundamental changes that need to happen in society. So I am so proud of the Black Lives Matter movement and it is, it's beautiful to see everything that's been going on. And I want us to continue this energy and I want us to translate it into tangible action. That's exactly what I needed. That was amazing, Travis. And it and to my viewers, you can just hear the passion of what he has, you know, for this movement. Next, we're gonna go to uh, Brandon. So the Black Lives Matter movement, I think that now is the time where we have to go harder than ever. Um, we shouldn't have to go as hard at all, like Travis said. It's that, that we still have to have this conversation in 2020. Um, I think that with this pandemic, being that we are kind of stuck in the house, even though everyone isn't, you know, necessarily social distancing, um, even though we're stuck in the house, this has been the time of everyone being on social media and everyone almost really glued to their phones. So I think that in a way, this pandemic really benefited something in a way because now you're kind of forcing people to look at that conversation because they don't have a choice. You're not going anywhere. So now it's like we're forcing it in their faces. And now, um, you know, a lot of people say no justice, no peace. A lot of people say, you know, black people get the stereotype of being angry, being ghetto, things like that. Um, and I think that people want to see us out of our character. And I feel like it's sad that we have to go, we have to raise our voice, we have to get violent, we have to get angry for y'all to see us. And that's sad. And that says a lot about systematic racism. Like. Awesome. And just to um, piggyback a little bit with what Brandon just said, um, I totally agree. Um, if this pandemic offers something positive out of everything that's been going on, um, I think it's the awareness of this cause. Because keep in mind, the Black Lives Matter movement has been going on for years. But now, since I believe that everyone is just in, on the same level, meaning that you have to stay home and that you have to abide by these um, state and federal regulations because of COVID-19, it kind of puts us in a place where um, you have to rely heavily on the media and social media. So you're seeing these occurrences happen every day. And it's really like you have to sit down and watch it happen because, I mean, you can't go outside. A lot of people are out of work. So what else is there to do? Take it to the streets. All right. Uh, next, we're going to have Jordan. So, Alex, like you said, the Black Lives Matter uh, movement has been going on for years. But I feel like now... Um, just to piggyback what off the uh, off of what Brandon said, we're able to you know more people see it, and I think that now since it's so many people paying attention to it, so many people you know working to in, like make sure people know that Black Lives Matter. Like I think now we're more powerful than we have ever been, and so I just believe that if we keep on working together, you know, we'll I don't know. I don't really know if we'll actually get justice as soon as we want it, but you know, I just feel like we're working and I think that at this point, you know, that's the most we can do. Um, personally, whenever like all these things first started happening, like the protests and everything, like it was draining to me because I was tired of reaching out to my friends trying to explain to them that black lives do matter, you know, like, and then when somebody responds with all lives matter, you know, it's just like, why, you know what I'm saying? So I just feel like, I'm glad that it's happening now, even in all this time of negativity because of COVID and everything, I'm glad it's happening now because I feel like, like I said, we're just more powerful than we've ever been, so. Like Joy was saying, I totally agree um, with the, the narrative that due to the point that we are still and that we are 
seemingly forced to pay attention to these occurrences. People are becoming more aware, whether you are Black, white or any other race and um, it is so amazing to see how people are educating themselves on black owned businesses pro-black initiatives in our community it's just an all-around great thing thank you joy for that answer um next we're gonna have beyonce all right so like black lives matter to me clearly like i'm trying to use my platform because i'm someone who's always had like predominantly white friends and a lot of them like aren't educated on the topic or they don't see it's regular things that happen like in our lives that they just don't understand like that's a big deal that's racist and stuff like that but like i'm trying to educate them because a lot of them believe that oh it's a political issue when it's not it's literally just like human decency like it's not about one race being better than the other it's about just having like equality in my opinion to me that's just to me and i just feel like short and simple like we're just tired 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 of all of the bs can i say um because it's been happening since our grandparents our great-grandparents and there's no reason why like we should still be going through this there's no reason why i have to be scared that someone's gonna shoot and kill my brother or my cousin or my nephew you know what i'm saying like it's just that's not how it should be and i feel like we're just tired of it and a lot of people are realizing the issue with this so we're really I, I feel like it's really just a good time for us to educate other people who aren't, who don't know about it. And we're gonna go to Evan. Yeah, just to piggy off what, back off what Beyonce said, yeah, I hate that people are like so, they act so uneducated about the topic, like where this has been going on for thousands and thousands of years. Like this this thing is like, it's hard to, it's a hard pill to swallow just to see somebody get killed from the cops. And like, those are our heroes, supposedly supposed to be our heroes and they, treat like treat us like we're like innocent like we're criminals like i just hate that it's based off our skin color or not really like or like our voice but like it's just sad to see everything going down and unfolding during this tragic time with the pandemic and everything but it is what it is i mean we're just going to keep protesting and keep fighting this is not like a nationwide thing this is more of a global thing now that is good that, that is trending and it's out there now and that's and that's happy to say like how my ancestors are probably like they're happy now they're it is finally getting like out there now and global now and i'm very proud of that awesome and we're going to conclude with kaylin so it goes without saying that black lives matter today they matter tomorrow and they'll matter forever that is that goes without saying um i think personally it, it has been an educational journey um, for me during this quarantine, as well as with a lot of people, you know, a lot of African-Americans during June, we're just learning about Juneteenth. And this group specifically had our own incident where we had to explain Juneteenth to some people because they didn't quite understand what that holiday meant to us. We were told it was a make-believe holiday. And you know, that kind of rubbed me the wrong way because for our ancestors to find out two years later, that they were free from the Emancipation Proclamation, they still decide, decided to celebrate, just shows that African-American and Black history, heritage and culture in America matter. They are primary in everything that you will learn about American history. For African-Americans to be neglected and treated as less than to 
other Americans of different nationalities, it's like a slap in the face. I echo Beyonce. I have a lot of friend groups that are predominantly white. And you know, during this time, I received a lot of, I'm sorry, text messages, and I'm sorry, phone calls. And I've had parents and neighbors reach out to me and say, how can I help? How can I help? What can I do? How do you feel? It starts with being informed. If you have questions, the internet is free. Look, you can look up anything. But to turn an eye to what's happening in the con in this country today is to be ignorant. And, you know, people have to realize that this is a real issue. It's happening to people all around you. And it is important now to make the change and to be informed and to understand that this illness in America as racism is real. Awesome, awesome. You just hit like every dot <laughs> that I had um, on my catalog. And that, um, that beautiful delivery, Kaylin, because now our next question is, we know that these things are happening. We know that, you know, people are dying. Our people are dying. What needs to be done for change to happen? And in your opinion, I want to offer you guys the floor. Like, what proposal, what initiative, like, what do you think needs to be done for this to stop occurring and for change to actually happen? And I'm going to start with Evan. Uh, I would like to say what really needs to be done is just like, I don't know, the cops just, I mean, it's not even just the cops, it's like the people, just the ignorant people out there, just like, I've seen on Twitter multiple times, like how just ignorant people throwing things at like black people just to like, um, during riots and stuff like that. It, I mean, it's just, it starts with people in our backyard and just to work its way up throughout nationally, like people in our community, it really starts with that. Like we really need to like get the word out there and just like press Black Lives Matter and like just press it on like this, just really try to get people's minds to like evolve around and not just on one top, like all lives matter and just think about other lives too, because we're all humans too. And just to think about just everybody's lives in general. I mean, it really starts in our backyard, I'll say that. Awesome. And we're gonna move to Jordan. So I think now what we can do is just, you know, continue to stick together because, you know, in my opinion, the more the powerful, if we keep doing what we're doing and working hard to fight for our rights, fight for our freedom, fight for our justice, I just believe that, you know, we could be more powerful than ever, as I've said before. So that's my, my take on it. Awesome. Kaylin? Um, I believe it starts with educating. Um, living in Charleston in South Carolina, we know that we had one of the largest ports where slaves were brought into America. In South Carolina public school systems, we are taught the lowdown of history. We are not taught the in-depth of what African-Americans contributed to America to make it the America that we live in today. So I, I really wish and I hope that teachers, teachers will respond to this call and understand it is your job and your duty to inform these students and inform yourselves about the truth. Um, using our platforms as teenagers, as we're about to go into college and hopefully the workforce, we have to use our platforms to amplify our voices. And like Joyden said, to be stand together in numbers and show that, hey, the African-American community is here and we're not going anywhere. No matter how many times you think you can shoot us down, literally and physically, we're not gonna go anywhere. 
you know, our heritage and our culture is built off of strength, you know, and that and faith. And that is something that I believe the black community has. Our faith may get weary at times, but it's here and it's gonna stay forever. Awesome. And Kaylin, I'm glad that you brought up the point of education because someone once told me that um, white history is the standard, meaning that we have to take these courses in order to reach a, you know, a certain point, especially if we want to graduate. But black history is an elective course. So it gets to the point where we really have to focus on educating ourselves on not only just white history, but our history, because our history is American history. And next we're going to go to Travis. Yeah, and allow me to begin by saying this is such an important issue. Um, let me begin by saying we need structural, systemic change, big change. Um, and, you know, I'll just go ahead and start by saying we need to carefully consider and take a look at the defund the police movement. I think we need to have a careful conversation about the allocation of resources in America. I think we need to move away from a system that um, has bloated budgets for police departments and severely underfunds education. I think we need to create an end to the school to prison pipeline. I think we need to move away from police departments having military grade weapons and equipment and said police departments don't even deal with riots. That's absurd and ridiculous. I think we need to go more into a community oriented style of policing where these police officers actually develop relationships with the communities they serve. Um, but most importantly, I think a fundamental question we need to ask ourselves is, um, do we need the police for every single thing? When you have a mental breakdown, do you really need two police officers to show up to your house to fix it? Because that's not, quite frankly, that's not something you're trained in. I also think we need to have um, stricter requirements for police officers. I believe we need to maybe mandate an associate's degree or um, enhanced training because you got to realize with great power comes great responsibility, right? And when you're a police officer, you have to realize that you literally have people's lives in your hand. Your action or lack of action can kill someone. And unfortunately, that's the case that happens across the country. Police officers, they um, unfortunately, they abuse and misuse their power. That's, that's a problem. But I think we got to start creating a culture where police officers are held accountable. I think we need to take a look at qualified immunity and um, look at reducing that because you should not be protected from anything simply because of your badge. And you shouldn't be able to use the excuse, I fear for my life for everything. But also, um, I just want to be crystal clear here that this isn't a movement to discredit the police. This isn't a movement to um, villainize or dehumanize police officers because they're good police officers. But the the but the um the sad truth is, until people can believe that the police department as a whole is a good institution, then people are going to be distrustful and rightfully so. So I think we need to create systemic change in the police departments. And I think that people who use this as a way to say that um, we hate the police, they're being ridiculous and they're um, using fear mongering because that's exactly what that is. Furthermore, I think we really need to have conversations. Um, as Kaylin said, I think we need to re-update um, 
well not even re-update we need to update because they haven't been updated the curriculum that's taught in social studies classes we shouldn't be taught that christopher columbus sailed the ocean blue in 1492 we shouldn't be taught things like that. We need to be taught the true reality of how um, people like Christopher Columbus were colonizers, how they raped women and people, the natives who were over here, how they brought disease over here. We gotta stop hiding the truth of what happened in America. And while I do support removing some statues and monuments that, that glorify um, certain people, we need to do more than that because that's good and that's the beginning, but we gotta have systemic change. We gotta have change that really lets people know that it's a new day in America. And I believe with you guys' help, with everyone, um, the people on this discussion, as well as the viewers, I think we can create and initiate change. Wow, Travis, you've mentioned a lot of talking points and <laughs> like, like amazing. That's really good um like you've mentioned um the defund the police movement it's not just strictly about let's take the money out of the pockets of um police officers because we understand that officers do have families to feed and they do have you know families to take care of but it's just really calling for the um reallocation of the funding that is going to these um, police officers and these um departments um just as our education system is lacking we can really re focus and really focus on the things that actually matter, such as our education system. Um, Travis, amazing response. Thank you so much for that. And we're going to move to, I think, Brandon. Yep. So um, like a few of the others were saying, I think it's all about education, but not only for white people. I think there are a lot of black people who are not woke. Um, when the beginning of the George Floyd um, chaos started, it was around with, a, it was the question with a lot of people, how can you be black, see this and then be silent? Or how can you say that you are an ally with black people and you stand with black people, but you are silent? And that to me, that speaks a lot because people say, oh, well, I don't have to really speak on it or I don't want, I don't want to, you know, say it. Well, I feel like you should say something because if you really stand with us, you need to say something, whether you're black, white, or anything else. And one thing that I um, always was confused about, how could other minorities be against black people when you're a minority yourself? So I don't understand why we have to even go in depth like that. Alex, if I may. Absolutely. Go ahead. You're the floor. I just, I just think we need to, to try to educate people and really inform them. And Brandon, I do wholeheartedly agree with you when that, when you say that there are members of the African American and Black race who need to be educated on things as well. Because, um, and you really said something about um, other minorities targeting us. And there's this thing called the model minority, basically, where it tries to paint certain minorities like the ideal people who work hard, things like that. And that's not the case. And it's sad to know that other minorities either try to turn a blind eye or even directly con contribute to movements against us. So we definitely need to create understanding. And I think Kaylin said it earlier, we shouldn't have to be the people um, educating these people. Google is a free service. Awesome, awesome. And I, I see both sides. And once again, um, while discussing the Black Lives Matter movement, unfortunately it has became a huge political game. and. I don't think the only time that uh, politics should play a fact in social 
justice or social change is when we're talking about it on the legislative side, meaning when we actually hold the people that we elect accountable, like the members of Congress, the members of the Senate, and of course, you know, our governor, our state legislatures, all these people that are making these decisions. Um, good point uh, that Brandon said. Um, if we are going to be screaming Black Lives Matter into the dark, it has to be a united approach. So I think um, you have to realign your priorities and realize that what Kaylin said, this is happening. And the sooner we address that is, you know, that's when real change can happen. Um, sure. If I may say something, Allie. A absolutely, yeah. About the protesters, I believe a couple of months ago, I don't know exactly which month it was, there was, there was some incident, I don't remember the specific details, about people protesting and they were carrying actual armed weapons around a government building. And if you compare the two situations with that situation, yes, it was on Twitter, yes, it was on Instagram, yes, it was on Snapchat. However, you have people protesting things that honestly you can do from home with armed weapons not a peaceful protest but you can leave them alone however when you have people who have, when you have people who have been oppressed for years people who were slaves people who were racially profiled against peacefully protesting and simply chanting but you want to get the national guard and tanks i i Where's the equality then? And right. We honestly and, oh. need equity with everything that we get. We need equity with Black people. We need the same job opportunities. We need the same um, revenue opportunities. And it's just not there. And until we get it, there is going to be no peace. Right. And I think um, you were talking about uh, the Virginia protest where um, it was a, I think it was a bill that was sitting in the Senate and it was going to um, basically enhance state regulations of gun control. And yeah, people were outside the state capitol steps with um, weapons. And it's so crazy how the media will, you know, turn the blind eye to really that. Cause I didn't really even know about it until I looked at my Twitter feed. But every time that I turn on the uh, major news outlets such as CNN, MSNBC, um, Fox News, all of these big um, news channels are covering the protests or calling us, um, you know, all of the names other than um, peaceful protesters, everything. Um, so, yeah. And two, I totally agree with you. Um, and as I mentioned previously, uh, when we were talking about equity, when we we're talking about um, equality in the workplace, when we we're talking about equality um, in education, that all starts with legislative change. And that's why I encourage all my viewers to really pay attention. Yes, there is a presidential election coming up in November, but there's also congressional elections coming up and there's also senatorial elections coming up. So keep your eye out on who you are voting for in November um, when it comes to those uh, House seats, those Senate seats, because those are just as important as um, those presidential ones. And I'm sorry, Beyonce, you've been waiting. Um, I'm going to give Beyonce the floor now to respond. Well, since I was chosen last to talk, everyone said what I had to say, but um, pretty much like the same thing. I feel like educating people is like the most important thing ever, but because there are so many ignorant people, especially living here in the South, and when you're, I feel like it's all about like who raises them as well. Like if their grandparents are racist, or let's not even say like racist or homophobic, or they just have these more conservative thoughts, they're going to pass that down to their kids and that passes down. It's generational ignorance in my opinion and i feel like with how travis talked about defunding the police i feel like when it comes to police like educating them as well i feel like this next generation is gonna be like i'm hoping and praying like the 
highest of high is when it comes to, to stuff like this. I feel like when we're, it's tough for us to adult and have kids and have families. Like, I feel like that's, it's going to be totally different because of how, I guess I can say woke this generation is and how we tend to educate ourselves due to the media. And I posted on my Instagram story the other day um, about how ignorance is pretty much a choice because with everything that's going on, like you can educate yourself easily on what's going on. If you follow Selena Gomez, for example, she's been posting every single day about the Black Lives Matter movement. There's no reason why there's anybody who should not know what's going on right now. There's no reason why Breonna Taylor's police officer, there's no reason why any of that should be going on right now. And I just feel like it's just ignorance at this point. And because the older generation, the legislative that's in office right now, because they were raised with these thoughts, like they're not educated to know what should be done right now. And I feel like they're really just ignoring our voices and just hushing us up. And then to tag along to what Brandon said too, um, it blows my mind how other minorities are also so openly racist to Black people. Um, I'm just gonna say I know like Asians are known to be racist towards Black people. One of my friends told me that her parents, they don't talk about the Black Lives Matter movement because where she's from, there's no Black people there. So they just don't talk about Black Lives Matter while they're here in America right now. And that just blows my mind because when everything was going on with the coronavirus, like I'm sitting here, I'm talking about, oh, like, I'm standing up for these Asian Americans because they're being attacked, but when it's time for my people that are dying out here in the streets openly, they're quiet. That just blows my mind right there. And I just, and then even with, um, I guess I can say the Latino community or the Hispanic community, that also, they're known for speaking up for us, but of course not all of them, but there's just so much going on with minorities in general. And the fact that not all of us are sticking together when clearly the man in office is against literally all of us. It's just, I'm like, how can you sit here and support him or not speak up? And then the same with Black people not speaking up. I remember when George Floyd was first killed, like everyone was talking about it. And I was thinking, I was like, dang, like this friend hasn't said anything, this friend hasn't said anything. I'm like, what's wrong with them? Like what's going on in their mind right now? And then you check their Snapchat story and they're just having fun. I'm like, dude, that could have been your brother. That could have been your dad. And like I said, I keep saying it blows my mind, but because it really does, like how can you be so ignorant? There's black people that are ignorant as well, just like Brayden said. And if your friend is openly ignorant and you're okay with that, and if you think that's a joke, that's a personal problem with you. Because when my white friends, my Asian friends, my Hispanic friends, they think something like that is funny, they, no, 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 no. Like you're not, you're not about to laugh. What's funny? That's not okay at all. That's your time to sit there and educate your friend and teach them about what's going on. It's not funny, it's not a joke. And I understand like, like if that's their opinion but if you're black or if you're a minority it's like you're dumb that guy in office he doesn't care about you you get shot in the street he's gonna hold another rally and like i said um this podcast is not to sway you politically at all but just keep all of these things in mind when you are casting your ballot in november and i thank you all for joining me for this discussion um that concludes this episode if anybody would like to say anything else before we conclude the floor is now yours i just want to say thank you so much alex for the invitation it was really an honor to speak with you all today and you know keep fighting keep pushing always try to be better than you were yesterday and um once again thank you it's really been an honor and a privilege to speak with you all alex really appreciate all that you're doing and um thank you guys so much for everything and god bless you
Yes, like Travis said, thank you, Alex, for this opportunity for allowing us to, you know, speak with each other and speak to your viewers. Um, um, like Travis said, make yourself better than you were yesterday. Continue to educate yourselves. Stay woke. Um, make sure you look at make sure you're always open and look at different opinions and to make sure you you cast the right vote in november so everyone be blessed thank you again alex alex for letting us all on and like jordan just said like your vote matters so don't waste it on kanye um or other people but but because it's important and like especially if it's your first election like definitely go register to vote because that's super important um, also, Alex, I want to say um, congratulations on you using your platform for something like this, especially bringing in a bunch of different people who have different views. And it's good that you're using your platform like this because this can also be an inspiration to others to speak up, whether you have a million followers or not, it doesn't matter. And it's good that you're using your platform like this. And we're so proud of you. Thank you, Alex, bro, once again, for letting me voice my opinion on the Black Lives Matter movement, also the youth for Go apply, go research, educate yourself about this movement and also the DC tour. But thank you again, my boy. Alrighty, once again, thank you guys so much for joining me on this episode. Um, it has been an honor of um, seeing you guys again and talking with you guys again. Um, to my viewers, once again, to receive episode updates, follow me at the Root of Awa Alexander on Instagram. And you will be hearing uh, many of these voices again. And once again, thank you for joining me. This is the Root of All with Alexander Brown. It's the root of all with Alexander Brown.